I think quite often people associate movement with their physical bodies. What I want to draw your people's attention to is that we need to move for our mental health, move for our mood and creativity. In today's episode, I got to interview special guest Susie Redding. Susie is a mother of two, a chartered psychologist, author, yoga teacher, health coach, and is on the editorial board for the Nourish app, a new well-being app to support mums. I really loved speaking to Susie all about the importance of self-love and mental resilience during tough times. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Susie. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. It's a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Nadia. It's a pleasure. Great. Well, I'll dive straight into it and I'd love to learn a little bit more about your journey and your background. Sure. Okay. So there have been lots of lovely twists and turns to my career. I'm a chartered psychologist. I'm a qualified yoga teacher and I also spent a decade working as a personal trainer. Um, And all of those different threads draw together beautifully to empower people with the tools of self-care. So while I don't, you know, work as a personal trainer anymore, I am working as a psychologist. I'm still using all of those tools that um, I learnt when I was working in that capacity. So people might come to me as a psychologist, but they're still going to get some kind of breath work or some kind of um, prescription for movement because it all has a really powerful effect on how we feel, head, heart and body. Oh, I love that you can use all the tools you've learned from different professions and weave that into the toolkit you've created now. So moving on from that, I'd like to talk a little bit about how you encourage people to prioritise self-care. And do you find that some people are still scared to make that time for themselves and may not even know what self-care actually means to them? Oh, definitely. Um, I think there are some real genuine barriers to us engaging in nourishing practices. And uh, I think what I hear time and time again, and from my own experience, is that we don't have a lot of time. Mm. We don't have a lot of energy. Um, Often we don't have the funds that we would like to be able to go and do some of those things that incur a cost. Um, Guilt looms really large for a lot of people. And I think in times of squeeze, the things that we normally do to nourish ourselves largely become inaccessible. But in that time of squeeze, we don't have the the creativity to come up with new stuff. So I think knowledge of ways that we can nourish ourselves is another barrier. That's so interesting because I'm very new to kind of the last few years I've really got into kind of uh, mental health and like self-care and it was something before that I was very similar. I kind of thought, oh, should this be something that I prioritize? And then you start to realize that it impacts the people around you, not just yourself, which I think is amazing. Okay, so shall we dive into some practical tips for listeners on what they can be doing on a daily basis? Because you've recently released a book called Self-Care for Tough Times, haven't you? I have, yeah. I actually finished writing that book at the end of last year before all of this um, descended on us. So I had no idea what was waiting around the corner. It was uh, originally planned to to be released in February of 2021, but I've been very lucky that the publisher, um, we moved heaven and earth to get the Kindle version and the audio book out now. So um, I'm really hoping that book can make a difference when we're collectively going through a tough time. I mean, I knew that book was going to be useful for everyone because no one is immune from stress, anxiety, loss, grief, and change. We all will need this toolkit at some time. I just, I never envisioned that we would all need it at once. 
it's a genuine squeeze. And, and what I would I want people to know that it doesn't it doesn't matter what you've got in your toolkit. Everyone is finding this hard. So what we need are, are little moments of calm that we can intersperse through our day. Um, I quite like to. It, it, it's about what can you remember. Because so often when we, when we need a, a little release or something to give us a lift, we can't think of things. So what I would recommend is use your body. Yeah, we don't forget that we've got a body. Use it. So your posture has a really powerful impact on how you feel. Now, research has shown that when you stand with an elongated spine and an open heart, it connects you with a sense of personal power. It's uplifting. It gives you a sense of zest and optimism. Conversely, if you slump with a round spine and a downcast gaze, research has shown it's easier to make someone cry in that shape. It's easier to recall negative memories. So simply standing tall is an easy way to change how you feel. Now, if you need another little reminder, do the chicken wing shoulder roll. Now, this is something that a couple of these, one, the silly name, I hope will make you laugh. Love but it. two, the action of it lifts you up into that tall upright posture and it also helps you breathe better. And from my experience as a psychologist and a yoga teacher, when you breathe better, you feel better. So should we try some chicken wing shoulder rolls, Nadia? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we need to pop fingertips on the shoulders to form the chicken wing. Now, as you breathe in, you sweep your elbows forwards, up, and as you breathe out, you take them back and down. And you keep going in that one direction, up, back, and down with your breath. Ooh, and I it like just feels it. good. And what I love is that you can do this whether you are four or 40 and get a benefit. So for parents, please share this one with your kids. It really does work. That's it. I call it, it's mood alchemy. This is how we, we shift our mood in an instant. Yeah, it doesn't take long, doesn't cost a penny, feels good, makes a difference. So that's one way. Mood alchemy, I like that. <laughs> so that's, that's using the body, that's using the posture, that's using the breath. Now, let's do another breathing exercise because it is just so powerful. Um, for, for anyone that's feeling a bit frazzled, a bit full up, if there are things that you know, if you said them out loud, that they would cause harm, then this breathing exercise is the solution. It's called the lion breath. And thank goodness no one can see me doing this because, <laughs> because it looks ridiculous. But let me describe it. You breathe in through your nose. And you breathe out through your mouth with the tongue extended as far as possible, literally roaring out the energy, the, the charge of that emotion. So it sounds like this, breathing in through the nose, breathing out with the tongue extended. So it's a real cathartic, guttural, yeah? Three of those and you've let it go without doing anyone any harm. I love that. I think see, little things like that, you can, like you said, you can do just any time of day and it doesn't matter That's where right. you are. Yeah, it is literally building a toolkit. I think of it as emotional first aid. So really when it comes to self-care, we've got to check in with where we're at. Mindfulness mm. is key. If, you, if, you, if you're not aware of how you're feeling, you can't do anything about it. So if you're looking at building what I call the self-care habit, step number one is to notice how you're feeling. 
and to give yourself permission to feel as you do. I think that's really important as well. And then the next step is to build a toolkit of things that you can do that will help you move through how you're feeling or that will help you feel a certain way. And that's what all of these practices are. So the lion breath helps you expunge anger, resentment, you know, irritation. The chicken wing shoulder rolls, that gives you access to a feeling of lightness and brightness. And we can build that toolkit. And the more you do it, it's like a muscle that you build. Mm. So other ways that we can help ourselves feel better, um, I like to zoom in on something that I find captivating. So if my cherubs are driving me around the bend, I will zoom in on something about them that I adore, like uh, the tiny little hairs around their lips or my, my, my little one is still squidgy in the thigh, so I drink in his little squidgy thighs or their eyelashes. And it just, you know, it dissipates that, that, all of that frenetic energy. You know, it just allows me to soften into the moment. Now, there's another one, using mantra. So for people that think, I don't have time for this stuff, you've got your breath, you're breathing anyway, it doesn't take any extra time, or you can use a mantra. So instead of trying to clear your mind, which is just unless you're going to go and meditate in a Himalayan cave for a decade, forget about it. Just give your mind something constructed to anchor on instead. So that's where mantra is really useful. And if you don't like the word mantra, call it a primer statement. Call it a, call it an affirmation, whatever it is. But the, the mantras that I'm using to help keep me anchored in calm are things like I soften into the moment, I give myself permission to feel, this will pass, it's not permanent. Mm. <laughs> or, you know, I put my hands across my heart and I'll say something like, I feel my breath come home. I can be my own safe place. And these things really do, they, they just, they make a difference. They really do. Yeah. And actually, before you go on to the next tips, I think it's really interesting the way you're talking about it, because people find some of this stuff scary if they've not done it before. But this is stuff that, you know, a mantra isn't scary. It doesn't matter where you are. It only takes a few minutes. And I think it's accessible for everyone. And I love that you keep calling it a toolkit, because it's something you can take out of your back pocket when you're feeling stressed, or you need just a little bit of TLC for yourself, and you can do it anywhere. And that I think that's brilliant. Absolutely. It just makes it accessible, doesn't it? And so often, you know, sometimes the language gets in the way. You know, if, if you don't like the word self-care, call it health care. If you don't like the word mantra, call it a, you know, call it a primer statement. It's, it's, it's finding what resonates for you. And I think that's probably something that makes self-care a bit confusing because, you know, what resonates for one person mightn't resonate for the next. And even your own needs as an individual change enormously over time. So that's why we need a really broad toolkit and that toolkit will serve us best if we have it written down because it is genuinely hard to remember this stuff. So I hope people have got a pen and paper handy and they can make a little mind map of these things. Or if you go onto my Instagram feed, you'll find my framework of self-care that's called the Vitality Wheel. And in that framework, it just reminds you of the eight different ways that we can take care of ourselves. And you can jot down these tips and tools in, in their relative you know, area and that will remind you in the moment of something that you can do to take care of yourself, whether it's looking after your mind or your body or taking care of your heart. So are there any other practical tips kind of people can put into practice quite immediately? Okay. So, so far we've covered posture. We've used a little bit of movement with the chicken wing shoulder rolls and any movement has a potent antidepressant effect, but I think it's worth touching on movement a little bit more. Um, 
don't again it doesn't need to be anything elaborate it doesn't have to be blood pumping it doesn't have to be hard um, I think quite often people associate movement with their physical bodies what I want to draw your people's attention to is that we need to move for our mental health move for our mood and creativity so any movement counts whether it's a kitchen disco karaoke session or going just for a walk around the block even hoovering do you know what when I when I see cleaning as the means to creating harmony in my environment, mm. I see it less of it as a chore and more of a as an act of nourishment because I know how much better I'll feel after it. So it's it's a self-care becomes a lens through which we see activities in life and it can actually make us feel differently about these things. Oh, I love that. My fiance is going to love that you shared that. <laughs> I'll go home and start hoovering and cleaning. You'd be like, what happened? I was like, it's great for my mental health as well. (laughs) It is, but it's exercise as well. So it's like, it all comes down to how you see it, doesn't it? It's it's the mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've we've touched on movement, posture, breath. Um, Nature is another one. Nature is another mood booster. Um, Now, for people that can't get out into it as they would like to, then, you know, even from the kitchen window, look outside, look at the moving cloudscape, look at the trees moving in the breeze, look for a bird on the wing. All of these things are like a little circuit breaker, aren't they? If you feel the stress hormones rising, then connect with Mother Nature and it instantly replenishes us. And if you can get out into it, then there's that effortless receipt of energy isn't there. If there's a little sunny spot, bask in it like a lizard, drink it in. Yeah, I can't advocate that enough um, to just notice nature's beauty and, and, and be alive to it and give voice to it too. I love that this brings us on to another skill called savouring, where savouring is basically the ability to suck the life out of a pleasurable experience. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. So if there's something pleasurable that's happening right now, you give it your attention with all of, you know, with every cell and fiber. You don't sit there and eat a piece of chocolate thinking, I shouldn't eat this. This is bad for me. I shouldn't, uh, you know, that just ruins the experience. You give it every, you know, every, every bit of attention you've got. You suck the life out of that joyful experience. And then maybe you don't eat a whole block. You eat just a row, yeah. right? <laughs> but it's not just, what I love about savoring is it's not just the present moment that we can engage in this skill. You can savor the past by reminiscing and you can savor the future by anticipating. So even if you're not enjoying this present moment, you can remember or you can anticipate and still get a beautiful mood boost and we can do it together. And this is the thing that draws us close together in our relationships. I really love that because I think we've become, I'm doing air quotes as we speak, but so busy all the time and you end up not kind of living in the present moment and then you realize that things have been amazing and you just wish that you savored them a little bit. Absolutely. It's it's just so simple. I think for people that are feeling like, man, this is another thing I've got to add to my bulging to-do list. Well, I'd recommend just think about what are the things that you are already doing in everyday life, the non-negotiables like You've got to get out of bed. How do you, how you get out of bed can make all the difference. If the first thing that you do in the morning is pick up your phone and scroll, no wonder we're getting a spike of stress hormones. But if you can lie there and just feel the sensation of, of the bedding around you, that sense of being held, or listen for the bird, you know, the chorus of birds, or just think about one thing that you are happily anticipating in your day, 
it changes how you greet the day or all of those other things that happen, you know, habitually, how we dress, you know, choose something to wear that fills you with zest, a garment with a colour or fabric that you love, right? It doesn't. You don't have to be suited and booted to feel nourished by the clothing that you wear, but just choose something mindfully that makes you feel good. How you shower. You can shower and ruminate on something that, you know, someone said to you yesterday or all of the stuff that you've got to get done today, or you can take a meditative shower where you imbibe the scent of what it is that you're using, you enjoy the cleansing property of the water as it rolls off your shoulders. It doesn't take any extra time, but it's how you do this thing that makes it so different, so nourishing. And actually, I know you said you couldn't anticipate that this was going to happen when you brought out the book, but now more than ever, that is so important because we're all getting a little bit stuck in this kind of routine at home where you, you, I'm I'm a culprit to it. I don't really get dressed sometimes. I wear my pajamas and then you just start to feel bad about yourself. And I think it's nice to kind of savor those moments and feel good. And you're only putting clothes on for yourself to make yourself feel better. Yeah, I think think that's a really good point. Um, In this period of shapelessness, we need to create some kind of rhythm because regularity is comforting and certainly when we've got kids, they need a sense of certainty to feel safe. That's not to say that we need to be rigid about it. So there, there are days where if I'm delivering an online workshop and I've got to put myself together, I've got to put the makeup on, I've got to you know dry my hair and, 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 and look put together, the next day if I don't have that, I actually quite relish wearing an old t-shirt. It's like different things in different moments. So we need to cut ourselves some slack, but do observe the things that make you feel good and, and, and make them a priority because they really do affect your ability to show up and be present with the people that you love. It affects your productivity, your performance, you know, in your work, and it affects your enjoyment of life. So just, just observe and, and, and know that it, it's worth your while paying attention to this stuff. Mm, such a good point. So what is the final tip that you'd like to cover with us? Okay, so, so many of the tips I've already talked about are anchored in the body. This is another one. It's touch. And touch is so powerful because when we extend loving touch towards someone else or to ourselves, our bodies release oxytocin. It's a feel-good hormone, so it, it helps us feel better, and it's so simply done. If I'm feeling worried, then I might just tenderly, mindfully hold my own hand because there's an acupressure point in the palm of your hand that, you know, when you, when you stimulate it, it just reminds you that you can be your own safe place. You can be there for yourself. Or I think I mentioned earlier, I put my hands on my heart just crossing my hands on heart and just feeling the warmth of my hands there, my heartbeat, or asking for a hug. Yeah. yeah. Ask for a hug. Or, you know, we're doing so much relentless hand washing at the moment, massaging some scented hand balm into my hands is, is just another little ritual that I can dot through my day that, um, you know, it's about giving myself a little bit of time and space. It's about bearing witness to how I'm feeling. And it's also extending a feeling of tenderness and care towards myself. It's so simply done. Um, that's an, that's another thing that I would do. So touch, I think. Look for ways that you can use loving touch throughout your day. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because obviously a lot of us have been kind of separated from some of our loved ones as well. And we're used to kind of having that 
uh, contact with people where we're we're cuddling and things like that so it is really important to remember that and I love the hand washing one because my hands are becoming (laughs) just so awful right now from all the hand washing yeah you're not alone there I tell you (laughs) after all those great tips you're on the editorial board for um, the Nourish app. Would you like to tell listeners a little bit about the app? I would love to. Um, I'm, I'm so pleased to have had the opportunity to come together with other mothers. So this is an app created by mums for mums and we are all qualified in different fields. So we've got some perinatal psychiatrists, psychologists focusing on mothers. Um, we've got physiotherapists, and um, yoga teachers, personal trainers. So all of our our skill set, again, it spans the head, the heart, and the body. And these are really simple tips and tools and guided recordings and visualizations that mums can use to just help them in their motherhood journey because it is really tough. And right now, my goodness, parenting in the midst of this squeeze um, just just being at home with the kids is enough, let alone trying to work, let alone trying to homeschool. It's intense. So this app makes self-care readily accessible. It's so easy. If you've got no energy, there will be things that you can do that will help you, you know, that effortless receipt of energy that we talked about earlier. There's something for everybody there. I don't have children yet, but a lot of my friends do. And I know that it's been a really testing time for them. It's lovely having them kids around a lot as well. But, you know, it is kind of balancing all those elements. It's really nice that there's a one-stop shop that they can kind of go to and, and nurture themselves, I guess. So you've given us some great tips. I've really loved chatting to you. I could actually chat to you all day. Is there one thing that you just categorically cannot go without on a daily basis? Yeah. Do you know what? I think it's, it's the skill of self-compassion. And self-compassion is embedded in every single tip and tool and activity that I've suggested today. It's, um, it's just core. We just need to learn to go gently on ourselves, to extend tenderness and care and kindness towards ourselves. And from that place of self-compassion, really beautiful things blossom. So that is, that's the key. Oh, I love that. That's a really nice way to end. If anybody does want to find out a little bit more about what you do and get some more tips, where can they go? Please come and join my wellbeing community on Instagram. Uh, I'm there under Susie Redding. I'm on Facebook too, um, Susie Redding Psychology and Yoga, and my website, um, susieredding.co.uk, and all of my books. I've got quite a few out now on self-care. There's um, one for kids and parents. There's a, a, a tiny little one for people that have got no time. And then the latest one, Self-Care for Tough Times, really dives into how we can sustain ourselves through this, you know, this relentless and unprecedented time. So lots of different tips and tools there. Well, look, thank you so much for joining me this morning. It's been really great to get some practical tips. Your Instagram makes me smile on a daily basis and it's been great having you. Thank you so much, Nadia. Take good care of everyone. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear some more interviews with new guests, check out Saturday Brunch on any podcast platform. I chat to people from the musical theatre industry, authors, environmentalists. It's been a really great season of people sharing their stories. Thanks again for tuning in.